0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Roastmasters Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Mostall, along with me, Garrett Harrison. We're here to help you win your fantasy football league. And by doing that, we're going through every division, every team, telling you who to draft, who not to draft. We've gone through the AFC already. We've done the NFC North. We've done the NFC South. And this week, we have the NFC East one of the worst divisions in history last year, not a team over 500, And we're going to start off with the team that won the division at an incredible record of 7-9. and That is the Washington football team. They changed their name from the Redskins, and they have a division-winning season. They're sticking with the football team. They're not switching the name. And they also get a new quarterback, here in Washington, and that is Ryan Fitzpatrick. He comes from the Miami Dolphins after having 13 touchdowns and eight interception in nine games. We know the fits of magic and what he can do. And from weeks two to week six uh, in that five game spanned last year with Miami, he averaged 23 fantasy points during that time and was quarterback nine. That's what he averaged. So he's a top ten quarterback in those weeks, uh, week two to week six. Right now, Garrett is ADP is currently going quarterback twenty one, being undrafted in most leagues. What do you think about Fitzpatrick and uh, him moving on from the Dolphins to the football team?
1: Honestly, man.
0: Um... We've
1: seen Fitzpatrick moving around the league a lot. Uh, he seems to be pretty consistent no matter what team he goes to. Um, he always finds a way to get the ball into the receiver's hands. Um, depending on how many games he wins, that's that's another question. But I still think he will give you some fantasy value, um, but I don't think I would uh, really reach for him. I think he's kind of one of those guys where – if you want to back up, and there's not many backups left, you can take a chance on him. And if you don't want to take a chance on him, by all means, wait for him in the waivers. See how he does the first couple of weeks. You know, see how he pans out. But I really do think this guy um, can still get it done. Um, he's proven himself uh, at, at the Dolphins. He's improved himself up at Buffalo. You know, he's moved around quite a bit. He's even uh, down in um, Tampa Bay as well. Um, I, I think if you just Wait it out a little bit, see how he does the first couple of weeks, and then you just take a shot on him depending on how how the first couple of weeks do go. I th- I think he can give you some fantasy value. I just wouldn't reach for him right now, knowing that he's with a new team, a new whole offense and stuff. So it's just one of those things, man. Wait for I
0: think you I think your best bets waiting for waivers. There's definitely better quarterbacks out there, even for backups that you're going to be drafting. Uh, Like Garrett said, he's not a guy that you're going to reach out for, but I think he's the biggest sleeper this year, especially at that ADP at quarterback 21. I just think that's insanely, insanely low for him there. I think he finishes much higher. I think he's maybe closer to quarterback 14, 15. If he can stay healthy, he has the weapons and we're going to get to that now. And one guy that's been a sleeper for a lot of people and can produces Terry McLaurin who last year finished wide receiver 20 with 87 receptions over a thousand yards receiving and four touchdowns. That was in 15 games and uh, his receptions and targets weren't an issue. He averaged around seven receptions per game, but the issue was the touchdowns being so low, you know, he, he did, have not that great of a quarterback. Dwayne Haskins was there for a little while. Uh, I think Kyle Allen took over for a little bit. Very inconsistent quarterback. So now he gets a better quarterback with Ryan Fitzpatrick. What do you think about Terry McLaurin here real briefly before we get to the uh, next receivers, Garrett? Uh, Does he improve? Right now his ADP uh, looks like it is wide receiver nine, So that's going from wide receiver 20 to wide receiver nine. Is there any value there at that spot for Terry McLaurin? I think there's a lot of value there,
1: actually. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick really likes the deep ball. Um, This, you know, seeing some of the past receivers he's had and stuff. Um, And when he can get a connection with Terry McLaurin, I really like, he loves finding the same wide receivers sometimes. You're really getting the ball into his most reliable guy. And I think McLaurin can be that guy. Um, honestly, that's probably one of the guys you want to keep on your radar. Uh, where you draft him, that's totally up to you. But, you know, ADP is at nine. Um, I know he plays in a pretty crappy division uh, and stuff like that. But I really think he can help boost your team to uh, maybe even get into the playoffs and, and fantasy. You know, it's definitely a guy I would reach out for. Um, I, I, I like him. I think he adds a lot of value um, to your team. Um, so it's just, it's up to who you want, but I, I, I would advise to keep him keep him on your watch list. Uh, definitely, definitely take a chance on him because you have a way better quarterback with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing to him now.
0: Yeah, and, and we think back to the Miami a few years ago with Devontae Parker and what he was able to do Uh, with Devontae Parker was impressive. I mean, he made him relevant. Uh, He was a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. And uh, I believe in 2019, he had nine touchdowns, over a 1,000 yards, just as McLaurin did last year. And the receptions were there as well. And he finished wide receiver six. So I can see why everybody's so high on Terry McLaurin. Right now, the ADP, I think, is fair. I do like Keenan Allen and Justin Jefferson just a little bit more than Terry McLaurin, um, but he is right there in that mix. So if you draft him at his ADP, I, I think you're going to get a, a good deal on McLaurin. Uh, I think the touchdowns will a hundred percent go up this year uh, with Fitzpatrick on the team. And uh, we'll see what the rest of the season has to pan out for Terry McLaurin. But I think it's, He's got a a big ceiling here. I think he can easily be a top 10 wide receiver uh, with Fitzpatrick behind the helm. Now, another receiver they add is Curtis Samuel, who comes from Carolina and he finished wide receiver 24 last year, 77 receptions, three touchdowns. So pretty similar to McLaurin there, but he also had two rushing touchdowns and 200 rushing yards, which The two rushing touchdowns tied for first and the 200 rushing yards were second best among wide receivers right behind Corderell Patterson. Seven of his last 10 games also had double digit fantasy points right now. Current ADP wide receiver 42, but he is battling a groin injury. So you could argue again, Garrett, we got a better quarterback than what he would have had in Teddy Bridgewater last year in Carolina, he comes to this Washington team who he'll be the wide receiver too. Do you think that he could be a sleeper this year at the current ADP of wide receiver 42? Maybe somebody that you might even be looking to draft. Yeah, I um, honestly, if this dude can stay
1: healthy, I think he boosts the team not drastically, but in a pretty significantly um, on offense, just now they have another quick receiver who can also run the ball on end rounds and stuff like that. Um, as a sleeper, you know, if, I, I, if, he's, if he falls to me in the draft, I think I'd take a chance on him as well. I think I'd take a chance on him. Um, I like what he did. Uh, just seeing who he had throwing to him down at Carolina. Now he has uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick who loves to throw the ball. Um, so I don't see any reason why, uh, he wouldn't get, you know, any looks during the game. Um, it says one, I, I think it's as long as he stays healthy and, you know, it kind of frees up Terry McLaurin too, which if they're double cover, which I say they're double covering Terry McLaurin that leaves Curtis Samuel wide open. So that's a guy that I really think I would go for. Um, I'm not saying you have to go for it, but. Um, keep them on. Like, like I said, keep them on your watch list. Keep these guys on your watch list for this team because you know these dudes have potential of having really decent seasons. You know for the division they play in. So Curtis Samuel is definitely on my watch list. I'd probably take a chance. He's definitely a sleeper in my opinion. Um, so um, go
0: for it. Yeah, Curtis Samuel. As long as this groin injury isn't too too bad, uh, he is definitely sleeper for me at the ADP. I love it. Again, seven of his last 10 games, double-digit fantasy points. So he is going to accompany Terry McLaurin very well. It almost reminds me of a Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones situation in Detroit, where you have a a guy thrown to him uh, as much as they did up there with Stafford, uh, even down in uh, L.A. with uh, the Rams, uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. They kind of complement each other really well. McLaurin and Samuel and I think they both have big years and I think that Samuel I would say finishes in the top 30 at least out beating that ADP so definitely a sleeper for me uh, they also have Adam Humphreys uh, a former uh, Tennessee Titan there coming to the team wide receiver three we'll see what he can do but just to add to the weapons before we get to there. Uh, breakout running back last year and Antonio Gibson. Logan Thomas, the tight end, actually finished tight end three last year, 72 receptions, 670 yards, and six touchdowns. Right now, again, we're talking about the improvement of what Fitzpatrick can do for the team from what the quarterbacks did last year. And and Thomas went tight end three last year, potentially a better upgrade at quarterback, and right now is – ADP is tight end seven. So again, Garrett, we go back to what kind of value this team has and some good value in some drafts. Logan Thomas, maybe a little underrated this year.
1: I think he's really underrated this year. Um, he, like, like like we keep saying, you know, there's always those you know, top five tight ends and stuff, but there's, I think this year to me, there's a lot of tight ends that you can get deeper. I think now that, wouldn't have happened in previous years. And Thomas is one of those. Um, honestly, man, if no one takes him and you're late in drafts and you everyone else has gotten a tight end, Thomas is, a, I think, a solid pickup. It was to say if no one took a chance on him. I mean, even if you got lucky and got one of the top five tight ends and then took a Thomas as your backup, you're sitting pretty. So Thomas, in my opinion, would really help boost your team um, just because of how many looks he got last year, um, though, who knows? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's just one of those guys. I think down the Miami Dolphins, he loved throwing more to his receivers than tight ends. But maybe he uh, gets a good connection with Thomas and starts, you know, starts trusting his tight ends and starts throwing the ball more to them. Um, but I think Thomas would be a solid pickup for your team. Fantasy wise,
0: uh, I would go for him. Yeah, I wouldn't be upset if Logan Thomas fell to me right there at that ADP. I actually think that he could potentially be a a top five, like right outside the top five type of guy this year, especially last year after finishing tight end three. Uh, You do do bring up a good point about Fitzpatrick and not really using the tight ends as much. But, you know, I think he can stay consistent being at least in the top top ten for Logan Thomas. So I like the value at the ADP. If you don't land on one of the top four tight ends, we're talking Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, and Andrews, boy, I'd like to have Logan Thomas. And one guy that you can kind of wait on, I think, a little bit, I think there'll be a little bit more love with TJ Hawkinson. People will be taking chances on Kyle Pitts. And there might be some love elsewhere, but I think Logan Thomas is a guy that you can wait on. Draft your other positions, such as, Uh, better wide receivers, better running backs, and let Logan Thomas follow you, and I think he'll be a solid tight end for you this year. 72 receptions, too, is pretty good at the tight end spot. Now let's go to the sophomore running back coming into this year, Antonio Gibson. He surprised a lot of people last year. You finished running back 13 with 795 yards and 11 touchdowns, which tied six best overall for running backs. He only had eight games, though, with double digit fantasy points, but had double digit carries in nine of those 14 games. So he was getting the ball at least 10 or more times. Gibson also did struggle with some turf toe last year, but looks like he is recovered from that. Also, we believe that he will get more volume this year and more in the passing game, because last year only 36 receptions in the passing game. That was actually less than Derrick Henry. Uh, But they expect him to catch the ball out of the backfield a little bit more. Right now, his ADP is running back 11th in the second round, Garrett. So they predict him to finish two spots better than he did last year. Do you like Antonio Gibson in the second round? And I mean, right now you got like Joe Mixon, Najee Harris, uh, guys like that, going right around Antonio Gibson. Do you like him better than a couple of those guys? Or are you leaning more wide receiver in the second round at that point? Uh, I mean, what do you think about Gibson and that value?
1: Uh, me personally would not take him in the second round. I'm not very I'm hyped up on the guy. Um, I, I can see him having a little bit of better the season than last year, um, but I don't – I think in the second round I got my, my running back in the first round, I'm going to go after a pretty good wide receiver that's still available on the board. Um, or if I didn't, let's say I didn't take a uh, good running back in the first round and I just wanted to get one of the best wide receivers off the board right away, I'd probably take somebody else even over a Gibson, you know, like a Harris or a Mixon just because I, I feel more confident in that situation. You know, it's kind of hard to tell off of a Harris right away. That's because he's a rookie, but I think I feel more confident just knowing the team he plays for, even with Nixon, what he, what value he can bring. Um, so at Gibson, I think I'm kind of waiting on, um, I think he'd be a steal in like the mid to late third round. Um, but I don't think in me personally would take him in the second. I'm not super hyped up on him, but I think he can do better catching the balls out of the back coat. Like you said, it's kind of a shame that he only, he was less than Derek Henry, which is to me, embarrassing Just knowing, uh, Gibson's, a, I think, a way better pass catcher than Henry. Um, but I think overall, you, you, you wait. You don't, you don't take Gibson in the second round. I think that's – I think for me, that's a wasted pick, and you could find way more value in other players to pick at that, at that position.
0: I, I think that Gibson is going to be going in the second round easily. He's not going to drop to the third round. If he did while that would be incredible value. This is how I feel about him. He was a rookie last year. So I think there's improvement Uh, with how poorly maybe you see him play. The touchdowns were high. The yards were low. The receptions were low, which means if he can improve in the yards, he can improve in the receptions. And even if the touchdowns are right around the same, maybe a couple ticks lower, he still potentially could be a, a running back 10 or in the top 10. He has that upside and if you're drafting Gibson in the second round you're you're drafting looking at that upside. I don't think there's much decline from what he did last year besides maybe a few touchdowns less, but overall I think he's still easily a top 15 running back and and I bet that he could even be a top 10 running back uh, at the position if he just improves a little bit from last year. So it depends where you draft, it depends what position you are on if I would go after Gibson or not because there is so much great value at wide receiver in the second round, a little bit more stronger than the running back I feel. So if you get a a stud running back in the first round, I am this year leaning more towards a wide receiver in the second round, which I never say, I always like going right back running back, but there's a couple of running backs that I like later in the third round, even in the fourth round, if you get a stud running back that, I'm willing to risk one of the top wide receivers, such as a Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs type guy in the second round. So I, I think it really just depends where you're drafting, who you can grab, but Gibson definitely is going to be a top running back this year. His floor is huge. I think, you know, he just has a high ceiling. And again, if he can improve on the yards, they get him involved in the passing game. He's easily a top 10 running back. So the defense extremely improved. They went from 22nd overall back in 2019 to finishing sixth overall last year. Uh, Last year, they go seven and nine. Uh, We predicted two and 14. We were very, very low on this team. Uh, They do improve pretty much everywhere this year. They're looking like maybe they can finish with a better record than the seven and nine last year. Can the Washington Football repeat the division, and if so, what is their record going to be? Um, I think the only way they repeat that division
1: um, is if Dak doesn't come back as Dak. Uh, but they do have a better defense, in my opinion. I think than Dallas a little bit, even though Dallas got some upgrades. Um, but I still like I still like the Washington's defense a little bit more. Um, uh, but uh, give me like a nine and eight. I can see them being on the verge of a f- above 500 season, but it's, it's going to be hard to tell, but I want to lean more to their, th- that they could pull it off just because of how many upgrades they've gotten, um, and in the division they are, I, I would like to have a nine and eight record for this team. I, 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 I personally would like to root for Washington and see how they do. Um, but that's, that's what I'm going with.
0: I think the nine and eight is very fair. I have them just one game better at 10 and seven, but I I like comfortably the nine and eight, 10 and seven. Uh, I agree with you. I think that the Cowboys will be their threat in the division, Uh, but I ultimately have the football team winning that division barely just because their defense is much better, has improved much better. And they have a solid quarterback there, uh, a sophomore running back that, looks to go off again and two good wide receivers, a great tight end fantasy wise. They're just looking fantastic and overall they're looking great. They even gave a little run to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year in the playoffs. So I think this team is one to watch, definitely a sleeper team to go far. Now let's move on to the New York football giants because they did finish second in the division right behind Washington last year. And uh, we'll talk about the big news, and that's the star running back, Saquon Barkley. Last year, he had ACL surgery and MCL injury as well. He did play in, I believe, two or three games last year. Uh, but we know what Saquon can do. Uh, he's still recovering from this surgery and from this injury, and we're still not sure if he will play in the first game or not. So if you're drafting Saquon Barkley, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get him to start the season, but let's talk about his past three years ago was running back one and two years ago, running back 10. He can definitely be a top five running back if he's healthy, but right now his current ADP is running back three. Is that a little too high for you, Garrett, knowing he's coming off this injury Or are you like, nope, I don't care. He's Saquon Barkley. I'm still drafting him there. You know, I want to say, you know, no, Saquon Barkley.
1: I know what he can do. But I'm going to say there's other, I think, picks above him that you can take before him at three. Just because you know that they're they're not, right now they're not injury prone. And they can really, um, you know, what value they bring. Saquon is one of those guys right now that I'm a little iffy on. I, I do like him in the top, the top five, maybe, the, you know, area, but I don't think I want to draft him right at, at the three, just because I, of what, what happened last year and, and stuff. I think, um, I'm gonna I think you should wait, get take another running back and let Saquon fall into someone else's hands. Not saying that that's a right or wrong move. And that's just saying what I would do. Um, I, I, I hate taking chances on guys, um, that have a past history of getting hurt, but I know he can give you the fantasy value. If he's healthy. good Lord, he could even be the top running back in the league. Um, just because he's so good at catching the balls out of the backfield. He's quick on his feet. He gets a lot of rushing yards. He's just a beast. This dude is literally a beast, but he just needs to stay healthy. So I would, I would um, there's other guys. I think I'd take before him, not many, not many at all, but I would, uh, I would greatly, if you're going to think about taking him, think it out, look of, look at like what's going to happen and everything. But I think, I think, I I think me
0: personally, I would uh, draft somebody else over at his position. Yeah. Saquon Barkley is a big question mark this year. Um, We know what he can do. We know he can be a a top running back, if not the best running back in the league, but you know, they have one of the worst offensive lines. They're going to be stack of the box trying to get to Saquon And knowing that he's coming off the injury, how explosive is he going to be? Because we know that Saquon Barkley in a lot of years, because of the poor offensive line, had to make plays. He had to dodge and and jump over people just to get like six yards. So, you know, that's my big concern with Saquon Barkley, that even if he does come back, is he going to be the same Saquon? And if so, how will he do on this Giants team? Uh, you know, he was kind of unpredictable in the first year cause he was a rookie, but then he got predictable finished running back 10 still solid. But, you know, I think you have to wait on Saquon Barkley I, late first round would be comfortable for me. Uh, there it is definitely not running back three. I think that's just absurd. He can be running back three, but that is a huge risk where I'm comfortable taking him. Would probably be the whole way back at like eight or nine, maybe even outside of the top 10, just because I think there's better value that is you can predict they'll do better this year. They're they're a safe draft pick, uh, whereas Saquon Parkley holds a a lot of question marks. So I I hope Saquon the best. And if you're drafting him, take precautions. Auction League, take precautions. I just don't overpay for him and don't draft him too early. Uh, But if you do, man, you're you're risky and uh, hopefully it pays off for you. So let's talk about the rest of the team. That's not really that great on offense, but we'll start with the receiver core. And that's uh, the new addition. Kenny Galladay to the team. He will take over as the wide receiver one. Only five games last year he played, but he had two touchdowns, seven reception average in those five games. And he had double digit fantasy points in those four or five games. Current ADP is wide receiver 24. Sterling Shepard is also on the team, 66 receptions, three touchdowns last year. Uh, Wide receiver 69th right now. He is going for Darius Slayton, three touchdowns last year as well. Uh, Evan Ingram, tight end 15, 63 receptions, 654 yards, only one touchdown last year currently tight end 16. So that is their receiver core. Uh, Galladay Shepard and Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram supposed to be a stud years ago has just continued to decline every year. And Oh yeah, it's probably because of Daniel Jones, our quarterback finished quarterback 24 last year, 11 touchdowns, 10 interceptions in 14 games And right now, quarterback 18. So I just threw it all out there for you, Garrett, because it's not really that impressive. I think the biggest question is Kenny Galladay. We've seen him come from a Detroit Lions team that Matthew Stafford, a pass-heavy team, he got the ball to Galladay a lot, and his numbers were proven in those five games that he played. Right now, wide receiver 24. Can you trust Kenny Galladay this year? and the rest of the receiving core, knowing that he got a guy like Daniel Jones throwing the ball to you? I think if anybody you're taking out of those would be a Kenny Galloway.
1: Do I think he's going to have the same seasons as he had at Detroit? Hell no. I just don't like the quarterback back there throwing the ball. Um, I just don't, I just don't think, you know, he's a great receiver, but can, can, um, what's his face get you get him the ball? I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I can't, why can't I think of the guys? Why can't they think of their quarterback team? Daniel Jones. Why can't, why can't, why? I just don't think Daniel Jones can get them him, him the ball consistently like Matthew Stafford. Um, I, I do think Kenny Galladay gives you value on your team, somewhat value That's because he's Kenny Galladay. Um, do I think, like, like I said, I don't think he's got the same seasons like he did in Detroit, but if you're taking anybody out of all of these, it would be a Kenny Galladay um, for sure. And maybe, maybe a Sterling Shepherd, if you're really deep in drafts and you're just looking for bench players and stuff. But a Kenny Galladay, I think, is the way to go um, at, for this position just, just because of who he is. But I don't, I don't think he's gonna have a great, uh, great, great season like he did at Detroit.
0: Yeah, he definitely had a better quarterback in Detroit, and I don't blame you for forgetting Daniel Jones' name, because I think a lot of people, including a lot of Giants fans, want to forget his name. Probably one of the worst draft picks they could have had. First quarterback off the board a few years back, and uh, just not proving himself at all in New York. Uh, Kenny Galday would be the guy that I would draft out of the wide receiver crew. I'm not a big fan of him this year because of Daniel Jones, but he is going to be the guy, the main receiver on the team. So you might be able to give him pretty cheap in an auction league as at a wide receiver one, and you might uh, want him to fall to you there in a in a snake draft. You might take a risk on him depending how deep you are at wide receiver, but I think there's some better options out there where he's going right around wide receiver twenty four. And as far as the rest of the crew, well, I'm only drafting Saquon Barkley. Uh, And again, that is if it's later in the first round, I feel comfortable taking a couple more running backs ahead of him. And that's saying a lot as I am a Penn State football fan and a huge fan of Saquon Barkley, but you don't want to draft with risks because you never know uh, what can happen. You don't want to risk taking Saquon and, Him not performing there when you know that other guys have that potential and you're more comfortable knowing that they can perform in the top 10 and drafting them there. But the defense did improve just as much as the Washington football teams did from 13th last year. They did 13th last year, the year before 27th, so 14 positions better. They continue to try to improve that defense, but still a big trouble is that offensive line. And being able to protect a guy like Saquon Barkley. So, as we said earlier, they did finish second in the division right behind the Washington football team. Last year, they go six and 10. We predicted five and 11. So, we were pretty solid on that prediction. This year, Garrett, do they improve anymore? Do they go downhill? What's your view on this Giants team? If Saquon can stay
1: healthy, they could potentially go uh, six and 11, seven and 10. I don't think they, I don't think they really, really, really improve. I still think there's a lot of missing keys to that team, especially at the quarterback and stuff. Um, I mean, it's it's great the defense improved and everything, but I still think they're not, they're not just, they're not there yet. And like I said, if Saquon stays healthy and can get you through the season, you're probably looking at a six and 11,
0: seven, 10 type of team. I could see that easily with Saquon being healthy. If he's not healthy, I see them going as bad as 4-13, one game worse adding the other game than they did last year. So I am going to go low on this team, and I'm going to go with 4-13. I know that's going downhill for the defense improving, but I'm comfortable saying 4-13. Uh, I could see the highest upside being somewhere around the seven and 10, which I still think would probably be third in the division uh, or potentially fourth with the Eagles. But uh, I just I'm not comfortable saying that. And I think they go downhill a little bit, even with Saquon being back, even with Kenny Galladay being back and even with uh, the improved defense. So I am going right around uh, there at 4 and 13, 5 and 12. All right, let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys who have a lot of hope this year, especially if they get their quarterback Dak back, back to who he was last year. We know that he only played in five games until he hurt his ankle. He had surgery on the ankle. Now in preseason, he's having some shoulder issues. But let's talk about how good Dak Prescott was prior to the injury, and we go back two years where he finished quarterback two overall, right behind Patrick Mahomes, and uh, or I forget, I forget who was number one that that year. Maybe it was Lamar that year. But anyways, he finished quarterback two um, last year before he got injured. He was quarterback two in the first five weeks. He had nine touchdowns and four interceptions and also three rushing touchdowns. So 12 total touchdowns within the first five weeks. Right now, he's going quarterback four, but we're unsure if he'll miss some times because of the shoulder issues. Right now, it looks like a go for Dak to start week one, but we really haven't seen him besides practicing and any sort of preseason game yet. We're hoping maybe he gets the last preseason game in, but are you comfortable knowing his injuries to draft him at quarterback four? Knowing that he has that upside of being the best quarterback in the league.
1: I mean, he could be the best quarterback in the league, and I want to I want to say take him at four, take him at four, because you saw what he could do last year. This dude was on pace was on pace to throwing almost six thousand yards in a season. That's insane. Um, but with him having the ankle injury and then all this shoulder problem, um, I think you kind of let him slide from that fourth. That's a little bit deeper um, and take a chance on somebody else uh, above him because um, you just don't know how it's going to affect his game. And I kind of want to I, I, – and I think it's one of those guys where I think you should think about other guys it's options before him just because you don't know how he's going to do. And that's what makes me nervous about taking him. Um, so I think me personally, I'll not take him at the fourth. I don't like him there right now just because of what happened last year. But if that comes back doing back things and now we have this extra game and he can do, and he can have the same beginning season, like he did last year easily throws for 6,000 yards can easily do that with, with, with what kind of weapons he has.
0: Pretty strong statement there saying to go 6,000 yards, but Dak is that good, and he can perform that well. Uh, quarterback four, not bad. I actually had him last year, and uh, what a what a pickup that was until he got hurt. Uh, probably could have won the fantasy league if Dak stayed healthy. Uh, you know, I think he's right there around quarterback five, six. There might be other guys that I would take just a little bit ahead of him just knowing that Prescott is coming off the injury, but I would definitely take Prescott at his ADP rather than Saquon at his ADP, knowing the injury, knowing that Prescott is pretty much healed from that injury and Saquon is still recovering. So big that guy this year. And as Garrett said, he has the weapons and let's talk about those weapons. And they got a trio of wide receivers down there with Amari Cooper Michael Gallup and C D lamb for him to throw to, And I think it's interesting. And I I did a little bit more homework on this receiver core with Dak Prescott and without Dak Prescott. So let's go through them. Starting with Amari Cooper. First, he finished wide receiver 15 last year, 92 receptions over a thousand yards, only five touchdowns compared. Let's see what he looks like with Dak Prescott. well, with Dak Prescott, he had 39 receptions in those five games. He did all right, though, without Dak. One, without Dak, uh, one touchdown and two games with uh, – he had double-digit fantasy points. I'm sorry, that was with Dak. With Dak Prescott, one touchdown and two games with double-digit fantasy points, 39 receptions. He had four touchdowns without Dak, so he got more touchdowns there uh, without Dak, but the receptions were there. We jump over to C.D. Lamb, who finished wide receiver 22, 74 receptions, 935 yards, and five touchdowns as well. Lamb had two of five touchdowns with Dak and 29 receptions, so almost right about there at the half mark uh, of his touchdowns came. Uh, A little under half, but came there uh, with Dak playing Uh, Gallup. Michael Gallup actually did better without Dak Prescott. Uh, He had only one touchdown with Dak Prescott. He had five total touchdowns, only one with Dak. Only 19 receptions, 17 receptions. So 59 receptions overall for the year. 843 yards and five touchdowns, finished wide receiver 38. So let me go through that again, because that was a lot. And I got myself confused a little bit, but Amari Cooper without Dak Prescott had four touchdowns. So fared a little bit better without him, but he had the most receptions out of the three. When we take a look at CD lamb, he did right about, Average between the two with Dak, two touchdowns without three, 29 receptions in those uh, five games, 10 less than Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup seemed to fare the best without Dak Prescott because with Dak, only one touchdown out of the five compared to two from Lamb. And also one from Cooper. So that was a lot of information there for you all for Garrett to, to break down, but let's look at the ADP right now. CD lamb wide receiver 12 going in front of Amari Cooper, Uh, Cooper wide receiver 15, Michael Gallup wide receiver 38. I, in my opinion, I don't know what you'll, how you'll feel feel about it, Garrett. I like Amari Cooper better at the ADP knowing that he had 10 more looks uh, than, CD Lamb did when Dak was playing. My thing, though, you might argue is that CD Lamb is coming off being a rookie. Uh, you know, they didn't have that connection yet as uh, Dak did with Amari Cooper. However, Amari Cooper, again, still 10 more receptions and overall for the year had, it looks like, 18 more receptions than CD Lamb. So I need to break from talking about these weapons. Garrett, it's your turn. What do you think about these three? Are you targeting one over the other? Uh, Go ahead. You know, I think it's kind of hard to
1: uh, break it down to with Dak when he only played five games. Whenever there were still 11 more games to be played. I mean, these these wide receivers could have had way better seasons if Dak was back there, um, in my opinion. I mean, Amari Cooper, I think, at his ADP is the guy you go for. He had 39, uh, I think, 39 receptions, you said, with Dak there. Dude, this dude was on pace to once had over 110 receptions. That's, that's amazing in a PPR league. That's, that's phenomenal. Like, that's, that's a dude you want to go for. Who cares if he doesn't get as many touchdowns? But if he's getting the receptions, I mean, those just add up. And they keep adding up and then the yardage i too him cooper and lamb are two guys i'm going for yes like you mentioned is the is the connection they're going to be there yet i do i like him above a cooper i don't know yet um but i i like those two better than taking a gallop though i wouldn't you you're not going wrong with taking a gallop in, in the draft but those two if they're on the board if any, if it, all three other are on the board, you go for a Cooper first, and go for a Lamb. But I really do think that the best one there, just because of how many receptions he had in the first five games, is a Cooper in a PPR league, and then probably a Lamb. I think you kind of, kind of, you know, push Gallup to the back, and then take him later whenever uh, he falls to you.
0: But Cooper, 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 please take Cooper. Yeah, that would have been. Right about 120 receptions last year, he could have easily been the next Stefan Diggs if Dak stayed healthy. So Cooper is definitely my guy to go to. Uh, and if Dak stays healthy at the ADP, that is good value because he finished wide receiver 15 without Dak last year. With Dak, I think he's easily a top 10 wide receiver, even with the trio of Cooper, Gallup and Lamb there. Let's move on to the running back spot, and Zeke Elliott had an off season last year. And finishing running back nine, you're like, that was off for Zeke Elliott, but it was. Uh, let's talk about how he did. Only six touchdowns, under 1,000 rushing yards, and only two receiving touchdowns. And again, let's talk about with Dak versus without Dak. Zeke Elliott had five of his six touchdowns in the first five games with Dak Prescott and double digit fantasy points in all of those games without Dak Prescott. He only had one touchdown and three games of double digit fantasy points in the 10 games without Dak. So three out of the 10 games is he had single digit fantasy points, only one touchdown. And with Dak, he had double digit fantasy points in all of those five games and five of his six touchdowns. Right now, he's going running back six. And with Dak healthy, I think he can be back to where he finished the year prior with running back three. Uh, But again, we saw him decline. Is it just because of Dak Prescott? uh, Or what do you think that had, uh, Garrett, what do you think that led him to being so down after Dak left? Because again, if we take a look at the volume, just as Cooper got with Zeke as a running back, in those games, he could have easily had a 16 17 touchdown year.
1: Oh, hell yeah. It was
0: it was not missing Dak. I mean, Dak, Dak opens
1: up the running game. It's because you're afraid of him passing. Dak is so much better getting in the ball when he's doing screens or even like, you know, coming out of the backfield for receptions. Dak improves this team so much that that's why Zeke, I think, had an offseason last year after he fell. Elliot can be in the top three, and I think he there's a really good chance he could be in the top three this year as long as Dak stays healthy. Zeke c- could easily have a 14 to 15 touchdown season this year, but like you said, you need Dak to stay healthy. Zeke will keep doing Zeke things, but you need a quarterback there you can trust to open up the running game, and that's whenever he fell, you add – I mean, really, really disappointing backup quarterbacks not getting the job done for that. And that's why Zeke just didn't, didn't do what he did la- uh, the year prior. So this year, I think, I think at his ADP, that is a steal. That is an absolute steal. Um, so phew, I think Zeke is one of those guys you definitely take. And if you get him at his ADP, congratulations I'll, I'll come to your house and shake your hand because that is phenomenal
0: yeah there's obviously risks with every player and we've talked in the last couple of podcasts of uh you know there's always there's always something wrong that you can argue about a player of why you wouldn't draft him where he's at and there's always some positives even with Christian McCaffrey going number one overall I mean he was the number one guy until he got hurt and he put up 20 plus fantasy points in each game. That's why you're still drafting him number one overall, even though he was hurt last year and out for the season with that injury, he's still being drafted over number one overall, because you know what he can do when he plays. Uh, Same with Zeke Elliott, we know with Dak and we know that Dak it looks like he's going to be playing. Um, Hopefully the shoulder issue doesn't bug, bug him all year, but, With Dak playing, this guy's a top five running back easily. Uh, But you could argue, hey, look, if Dak doesn't play, look how poor he did. But he's still running back nine. So, you know, I think he could be drafted as high as maybe the fifth, fourth or fifth running back overall. Running back six, I'm fine with. But in two weeks, we'll be going over our rankings. And you can see where we hold him at that value. But if you have a pick somewhere around, I'd say, five six seven eight and you get that and you get zeke elliott you're going to be happy right there with that pick uh now we can't uh leave the cowboys without talking about the tight end just briefly uh blake jarwin hurt last year he had a he tore his acl and uh, i had high hopes for him last year but dalton schultz took over for jarwin 63 receptions and six touchdowns which was tight end 11 jarwin or yeah, Blake Jarwin will get those looks this year. Uh, right now, his current ADP, Garrett, is tight end 25. The whole way down there, knowing that Jarwin's probably going to replace Schultz a little bit more of a tight end, even with this all these weapons here in Dallas, are you thinking that Jarwin might be a backup or uh, a late waiver wire pickup that you're going to be keeping your eye on, especially at the ADP of 25?
1: I think that's, I think that is really bad. I think that is a terrible ADP spot for him. I know he's, I know he was hurt, and you know you're you're not thinking he's going to come back as the same same guy. But um, I I think he needs to be higher. Um, me personally, I'm probably I probably won't go for him just because of how much depth uh, or other guys I can take at a tight end spot. Um, but he's definitely a guy I keep an, an eye on for um, waivers, just because you know what he, what he can do. I mean, I guess it's Dak. is Dak. You got Dak back there. And if you have Darwin and Schultz, you got to keep an eye on that because maybe now Dak's all about, okay, what the Schultz can do, too. You know, he had six touchdowns, 60-some receptions. You know, that's pretty decent for a tight end. Um, so these are all your options you got to think about. Um, with the Cowboys, with wide receiver depth, I'm kind of leaning more of staying away from a, a Dallas tight end right now, but I think you keep a high, a high watch on those guys on the waivers um, just to see what happens the first couple of games and then pick one of them up because they could really help boost your team. If uh,
0: Dak is really favoring uh, one of them more than the other. Yeah, definitely a sleeper there. And I think they do improve. Uh you know, or he does improve from that ADP of tight end 25. I'm not going to be drafting them, uh, but I think he definitely does better than 25. So somebody keep an eye on, uh, on the waiver wire defense, 21st, you know, they, they aren't the greatest defense and that's what hurts them because they have a powerful offense. Uh, but last year they go six and 10 tying with the giants in the division we predicted eleven and five, so we were way off. But hey, maybe they were heading that way if Dak stayed healthy this year. Do they win the division, Garrett? Do they come in second, third, fourth? Where do you think that the Cowboys finish, uh, based off of the record last year and getting Dak back? See, that's a tough. That's a tough one because with having Dak back,
1: I mean, if he can keep doing Dak things, that team is right in contentions with winning that division. The only thing that concerns me is that defense. Yes, they got some upgrades and stuff, and with Micah Parsons and everything. But I, I really think that just looking at Washington and how much better their defense is, and how much they improved a little bit on offense, I, I still think that Dallas comes in a second. Um, they could, all, they, they could potentially. I know I went with Washington at nine and eight. Um, but I, can, I I would love to see Dallas. I can see Dallas. It's going a nine and eight 2 above five hundred. So that would eventually bump Washington up to about I think a ten and seven kind of record. But it's just one of those things you just don't you don't know. And I, I I I can't I can't say both teams are gonna go nine and eight. So let me change something up here. Washington goes ten and seven just because of their defense. Dallas now goes nine and eight. But they they just miss winning the division by one game because Dallas, uh, Dallas cannot beat Dallas and Washington will split. That's where I'm at right now with it. But that's with a healthy Dak and with Dak doing Dak things.
0: That's exactly where I have them. Garrett ten and seven for the football team and nine and eight for the Cowboys. Uh, I think that if Dak is healthy, that's their upside. If Dak isn't healthy, they'll be right around. The eight and nine, seven and 10 mark. Uh, but I think they do finish second in the division. And I think they do compete for the top spot in the NFC East. But we got one more team to talk about. And maybe this team can give a run for the money for the top spot. We'll find out. But that is the Philadelphia Eagles. And they are coming off a 4 11 and one season, fourth in the division. But They get a quarterback last year. They get rid of Carson Wentz and they give a chance at the end of the season to Jalen hurts. And he took over in the last four games during that time, he had five passing touchdowns, three interceptions and three rushing touchdowns. So eight total touchdowns in the four games, he averaged 23 fantasy points and averaged quarterback 12 in the last four games. So, he is right around there. His ADP is quarterback 11 right now. Uh, what do you think of the upside of Hurts? Somebody you're looking at drafting, because right now he'll be a starter for somebody most likely. He does have the rushing ability. Do you think that Hurts is a good option right around that quarterback 11 mark? Yeah, I don't think he's a bad pick, um,
1: especially averaging 23 points a game uh, for the, uh, so many games he played in. Um, but he's not a guy that I'm going to reach for. I mean, he falls to me, and then I don't have a quarterback. Uh, that'd be that'd be a great pickup for me at that at that ADP. But I'm I'm looking to go a little higher with my quarterback. Um, I I just don't. I think he can. I think he can really do good things this year. I just it's one of those things is where those where those few games he played just like hyping him up because he's a rookie. Everyone's excited to see him finally play and stuff. Um, I think he still has a great season this year, you know, but he's, like I said, he's not one of those guys I'm reaching for right away, but he'd be, you know, he said, he's probably going to be a starter in most teams, but if you get a, a, you know, one of those top 10 quarterbacks and then somehow hurts falls in your hands, that's a great backup. That's a great backup in any fantasy league.
0: Oh, Fertz is your backup, boy, oh boy, you are lucky. Uh, I, th- I think he's a sleeper this year. And the reason I say that is he has that upside. He can run the ball. He can, uh, you know, he has a good arm, but that scrambling ability really helps him out. Again, just four games, quarterback 12, and average 23 fantasy points per game. Uh, and this was with a COVID season where they had no OTAs. They didn't have much time to practice. He didn't get to play in any games until uh, really the end of the season. So this year he gets the training camps, he gets the OTAs, he gets more time to prepare with this team. And I think that's just a lot of plus, plus, pluses to move him somewhere in the top 10. And I think uh, the ADP is great for him. I, I'm hesitant on making him a starter, but if he would fall to me, I wouldn't be disappointed. I took a risk on Justin Herbert last year and look where that led him. I think that Jalen Hurts can be the next Justin Herbert, Josh Allen in the next couple of years. Uh, But I think it starts with the improvement this year. And uh, definitely he needs the improvement at the wide receiver. So the Eagles go out and draft former teammate of his Heisman winner, Devonta Smith. Uh, Let's talk about the last two years with Alabama, 37 total touchdowns in the last two years with Alabama. He's going to take over as a wide receiver one. He, though, is currently out with an injury, but he might play this week in the preseason game. So watch out for Devonta Smith, but he could be definitely a big playmaker this year. Otherwise, you're looking at Jalen Rager, who... Hurt at the start of the season last year, but wasn't much of a factor the rest of the year with one touchdown. Also, at the tight end spot, we were always talking about Zach Ertz being one of the top three. Well, not anymore. Last year, one touchdown, and now he's the backup tight end behind Dallas Goddard, who finished the year 46 receptions, three touchdowns, and 11 games. The other wide receiver to look at would be Jalen Rager, who they drafted last year with a high pick out of TCU. Again, only one touchdown last year. Um, right now, Smith, wide receiver, forty-one in the ninth round. Uh, do you think that that's good value? And out of all these receivers, does this improve this Eagles team at all?
1: For the number one wide receiver at forty-one, I think that is uh, a pretty good, a pretty good steal. Actually, if you can uh, get them. Um, definitely not a guy that I'm going to reach for right away just because of the, all the other Robert you can take. He falls to you, and you get him. I, like Ben says, he could have a huge year. This dude could do really great things down there, uh, up there with Hurts and that just that offense. Um, I, 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 I would, would potentially think about drafting him. I would, I would take him at that ADP. I think that's a good spot for him just for, because, because he's a number one um Dallas Goddard I think is another if he can if him and Hurts can get that connection I think that could be another decent uh tight end um but it's like you said you have to I think it's more of like you got to wait and see but if he falls to you and you're scrambling for a tight end and you don't like and you some, for some reason don't like the other options he's not a bad pick but uh yes Smith is uh is I think a for sure pickup for your team. I think really helps boost you uh, significantly.
0: Yeah, hundred percent sleeper for me. I mean, he's going to be the number one wide receiver. And we take a look at a guy like Kenny Galladay. I know he's proven in the league, but he has a terrible quarterback throwing to him, and he's wide receiver twenty four. You take a look at Devonte Smith, who Devonte Smith, who has that connection with Jalen Hurts from Alabama and now gets to be on the team as the number one overall wide receiver and uh, just a touchdown hog with Alabama. Uh, Again, 37 total touchdowns in a two-year span. I think that would be a steal in the ninth round. He doesn't really have anybody else to throw to, so – If he's not using the legs, he is going to be throwing towards Devonta Smith. So I think he easily passes that wide receiver 41 ADP and definitely a sleeper on my list when we do our busts and sleepers. Uh, We got to talk about the running back spot before we finish with our NFC East preview. And that running back is former Penn State running back Miles Sanders last year running back 23, 867 yards, six touchdowns in 12 games. He did struggle receiving though. We talked about how poor Antonio Gibson was. How about only 28 receptions for miles Sanders? Sanders did score double digit fantasy points in seven of his 12 games though. And three of his six touchdowns did come with Jalen hurts at the helm. So he did have half of the touchdowns there in those four games with Jalen Hurts. Right now, his ADP is running back 17, going around guys like J.K. Dobbins, Chris Carson, and DeAndre Swift. So, a lot of people are hesitant on Miles Sanders this year, Garrett, because they know Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball a lot. And the same argument for Baltimore with J.K. Dobbins, where uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be running the ball a lot. So, do you like Sanders at the ADP? Somebody that you wouldn't mind drafting. Uh, what do you think this year for Miles Sanders?
1: Yeah, I'm a little hesitant on him, but I do. I don't. I don't mind him at that ADP, just because you know he did have half his touchdowns with Hertz. Um, so maybe, maybe Hertz is the guy that improves Miles Sanders and. Honestly, I think I I think me I would take a chance on him. I, I kind of like I kind of like him a little bit. Um, I think he I think he improves this year. Um, where he how much he improves, I'm not too sure. I would like to say he has over a thousand yards season uh, rushing and um, definitely gets more involved in the passing game. Um, but that's just me talking right now. I mean, everyone has their different opinions, but I like I like that I like him at his ADP. Just because I'm not too sure about a J.K. Dobbins right now with Lamar up there and you know the other running backs they have, Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of think I'll be leaning more towards a a Miles Sanders um, at that ADP.
0: Dobbins is a sleeper for me this year. You know I talked about him before and what he could do. There is the concerns with Lamar Jackson. I think it's the same concerns uh, with you know a young quarterback. Uh, a younger quarterback than Lamar Jackson just in his second year, taking over the helm uh, with Jalen Hurts. I think there's more question marks with Miles Sanders uh, and what Jalen Hurts does with the ball. I think Sanders will somewhere be somewhere around that ADP. So although I think, you know, it's not the greatest, you're also not drafting him as years before where he might be a running back one or a second round running back two, he's going to fall to you in the fourth round. Uh, so I think Sanders still does produce. Um, I don't think that he's going to be as big of a bust as what people are saying. Uh, but again, you're not drafting him that high. So I would take the risk at the ADP uh, with Miles Sanders. I wouldn't be overly thrilled to grab Miles Sanders. But if I'm set up with two decent running backs already and he falls to me, I'll welcome him to my team. Defense 15 last year. So right around average, right in the middle there. Uh, But again, this team struggled last year for 11 and one, and we had higher hopes for them with nine and seven. Carson Wentz, though, just had a terrible, terrible year. So knowing that we get Jalen Hurts taking over the team, we get a new wide receiver to help out with the receiving game. The defense still stays about average. How does this team finish in your opinion? Think the mic is still muted Garrett, not sure if you're there, but Eagles record that's
1: that's, that's uh my bad. I was you're talking probably talking I knew I knew I was, it. I knew I was it. talking <laughs> the whole time and I feel like an yes I I feel comfortable at a seven and ten record with them. I think with some of the additions they have um now with Hertz being the main guy coming back playing they want to play more games I I, I like a seven and ten record could it be a little bit lower. Yeah. I don't, I don't see much lower. I it could, could be a uh, six and 11, but I, I like that the seven and 10 record for them.
0: Yeah. I think the seven and 10 records fair. Um, I could see them going as high as eight and nine finishing third in the division. I like them a little bit better than the giants. When you look at it uh, the offenses are still pretty poor, but overall the quarterback play a little be a little bit better. Uh, out of Jalen Hurts compared to Daniel Jones. Uh, and the matchups are going to be a little bit better in the regular season for the Eagles compared to the Giants, in my opinion. So uh, that is how the NFC East looks to us and to me here. So uh, that is the NFC East preview for you guys. If you guys enjoyed it, make sure to follow us on Instagram, Football. As well as if you're listening on Anchor now, it also gets broadcast to Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, You can go find us on there by just searching Roastmasters Fantasy Football. Only one more week to go next week for our divisional previews. We finish off with the NFC West before the start of the regular season and uh, the week before Labor Day, which is usually when people draft their leagues, the end of the preseason, we will have our rankings, sleepers, and busts for you. So make sure you listen to that. Along with Garrett Harrison here, Ben Mossdollar signing out. Actually, I'm jumping over to Garrett because he does the best sign outs. Garrett, send us away. And, guys, hopefully you enjoyed once again. We're here to help you win your league. And we're here to also – Uh, help us win the league because we're doing the studying for you. So Garrett, sign us off. Can't stress this enough, fellas. Cooper,
1: Cooper, Cooper, Cooper.